2: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving.
1: Well, hello. This is Chris Marwitz. I'm your co-host today of Loving That Sports Talk. It's been a beautiful day out, and I'll have on on with us Mark Spossman, our co-host. How are you today, Mark?
3: I'm doing great, Chris. It's been oh, things have been day. really
1: going good today and this week. With I'm sure you've been watching lots of college bowl games. You've been watching NFL games. We got so much to talk about. Yeah,
3: it was a it was a crazy week, uh, particularly in the NFL. But yeah, I've seen a lot of bowl games and uh, and had a great uh, experience watching a lot of games uh, of the NFL variety over the weekend too. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about it.
1: Oh, perfect. Okay, so we want the listeners to understand that we want to hear from you. We want you to call us. We want to hear any questions, comments. So please call us at 888-346-9144, and we'll we'll answer whatever questions you might have. So in the meantime, we have our guest online. We have Yvonne Water with us. How are you today, Yvonne?
4: I'm doing great. Perfect, perfect. It's nice and cold here in Longmont.
1: Yeah, it's a, little, it's a little cold, but I think it's going to start warming up uh, coming up this weekend, and we can be happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, guys, we're going to go into a little bit about, uh, the, a little bit about college. So I read today, you know, this is for both of you guys, that there were three Clemson football players that were suspended for failing drug tests yesterday. One of them was the wide receiver, Dion Kane. He's their second leading receiver for the team. Uh, The other two were backups, so it's not really going to affect them so much. But anyway, what effect will this have on the team as they prepare for the Orange Bowl tomorrow? Yvonne, do you have any comments on that?
4: Well, I think that any time you lose a key figure, there's a chance that uh, play might fall off. You know, football is not an individual sport, and, you know, whenever somebody – you don't have that weapon anymore, you have to alter your offense. So I could see this as being – Really big going against Clemson, and they'll have to rely on their star players a little bit more.
3: Mark, absolutely, yeah,
4: and I think that
3: more than anything, it's just a. I don't necessarily know that their, you know, that their backup isn't going to be just as effective um, as as the starter was, but I do think it is a distraction, just having that kind of. Something that they're going to have to talk about leading up to the game, and you know it'll be kind of weird, you know, not seeing those three guys in the locker room, and you know, it was just the magnitude of the game. You know, it's just such a, a bonehead move on their part, um, you know, to put themselves ahead of the team and, and, and get suspended like that. And you know, I think it, it will kind of affect their morale a little bit going into the game. But you know, I expect. I mean, Clemson's done a great job of recruiting, you know, over the past. Several years. I mean, they've got you know their ten their uh, roster is loaded with talent. So I'm sure they've got uh, you know somebody that to 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 back up Kane that'll come in and, and do a, a fine job. But I think more than anything, it's going to be a psychological kind of uh, disappointment for for the squad.
1: Yeah, that's that's very true. Very true. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the games uh, that happened this past week. One of them uh, yesterday, Leonard Fournette. He was the L S U running back. He ran for two hundred and twelve yards and accounted for five touchdowns uh in in their win over Texas Tech last night. You know, and so based on performances like this, would you consider him a front runner for the Heisman next year, Mark? Oh
3: yeah, for sure. I think he's gonna be the the the, the one to beat in the clubhouse. But there's a lot of good players coming back. I mean you got Sean Watson. Uh, from Clemson, you know, Baker Mayfield from OU. Um, I always have, you know, the running backs a little sketchy just because they're, they're so injury prone. Um, and I obviously going into his junior season next year, I mean, he's going to have you know, just a lot of, uh, uh, I guess worry, you know, just worry about getting hurt. And, um, you know, he's, he looks to be a, a surefire top 10 type pick in the NFL draft. So uh, you know you kind of wonder about that um I mean, the way he ran last night he just i mean I watched that game, and it looked like uh you know like a varsity versus j b type matchup i mean Texas Tech just didn't have the horses to stay with him and, and uh it was it was pretty obvious um that they you know, they just outweighed him on on both lines and i mean they were just uh you know just running downhill, and tech had no answer for that i mean, they had some of their skill position. Players looked pretty good, you know. Texted. I mean, the receivers were getting open. I like their quarterback, Mahomes. He had a good game, but um, yeah, it was kind of like a men versus boys matchup. And that was uh, that got kind of ugly in the second half for sure.
1: True. True. Yvonne, do you have any comments on that?
4: Um, I just want to kind of echo what it's James, right? Mark. 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 Sorry. What Mark said about staying healthy and that being the key, because, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, and if you <clears throat> make one wrong move, you know, in football, it can be the end of your career. So I'd just like to keep that in mind when you start talking about the Heisman.
1: That, that's very true. So, guys, we have a caller named Ben online with us. Ben, what's your question?
4: Hey, thanks for taking the call. Um, with this Chip Kelly thing today, I'm curious who you guys might think is next in line. Um, I know Pagano might be next. Uh, who else?
3: Caldwell, perhaps. But I'm just wondering who you think might be next in line after that. I think Pagano is probably the the most likely candidate. <clears throat> uh, he seems to have kind of worn out his welcome there in Indianapolis, and they just had a really disappointing season this year. I mean, they were, you know, pick, I mean, I a lot of people at the beginning of the year had picked them as a Super Bowl champ. Yeah. And, and I think rightfully so going into this year after, you know, making the NFC championship game last year. And, uh, you'd think that, uh, you know, given another year with Andrew Luck at the helm, you know, they're just going to get better and better. Um, but they, they, they just didn't play very well at all this year. And there seems to be a little bit of, uh, strife between him and, and upper management, which is, uh, usually a sign that, uh, they may be on the way out the door. Uh, so I'd say Pagano's probably a good candidate. You know, you look at uh at Mike, Mike Patton too in, in Cleveland. Um, I, I don't, I don't think he's got a whole lot to work with there, um, but uh, I, I could see him uh, being shown the door as well. But uh yeah, it, you know, it's, there's always more firings I think than are expected. You know, that Black Tuesday or Black Monday, Black whatever day it is. is. It's amazing how many of those guys get canned, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a handful like there is every year.
1: Well, Yvonne, do you have any comments?
4: Um, yeah, I'm a Chip Kelly fan. I'm an Oregon Duck fan. Um, I kind of grew up in Montana, and they they were the absolute uh, be-all, end-all there as I became a football fan. Um, so I'm still grieving the whole Chip Kelly loss, not haven't really had much time to think about who might be next. Mm, good. Good. Good question. Hey Ben, thank you for calling.
1: That was a good question. Thank you. thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the Chip Kelly when we get to the NFL stuff. So that was that was a good a good intro to it. But uh, yeah, it's something to think about with when you know Black Monday comes. You know, next Monday, who all is going to be fired? So. Anyway, back to college. Um, The other thing I want to talk about is Baylor. Uh, So they set a new bowl rushing record with 643 yards yesterday. And and then they also ran in six touchdowns. Uh, They played against North Carolina. North Carolina was ranked higher than Baylor. Do you think that the college football playoff committee made a mistake with with their uh, ranking?
4: Yvonne? Um, That's kind of hard to say. I think it's, Safe to say that those were two teams that really weren't in the radar for the national title championship, and I kind of see the the playoff at this point being mostly about declaring a national championship there's a lot of other bowl games that mean a ton to to different teams, but I don't think that they're crucial games right. in in the the committee's eyes, but you know you get a performance like that with Baylor and Yeah, you can say that they could have been ranked a little bit higher and had a little little bit better matchup and component.
1: Very true. Mark?
3: Yeah, and, you know, I think uh, a lot of that, um, these matchups really are about the matchups as far as, you know, run offense versus run defense. and, And it's for whatever reason, I mean, North Carolina just did not match up well against Baylor. And, I mean, Baylor's got, you know, a lot of, a lot of talent on their offensive line. I mean, there's just some just hog on there, and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, a lot of those guys are going to go pro. And, um, I mean, the crazy thing is, is that, I mean, they were just using, you know, the third string quarterback, and then they were throwing the wide receiver back there. Uh, they, didn't have, they had no, basically, no threat of passing, and they were still able to run for uh, this, that uh, ungodly amount of yards. Um, I was disappointed in Carolina. I mean, I, you know, we talked about, uh, Gene Chizik and him taking over this year as a defensive coordinator and, and, and not making such a difference in the season that they had this year. And they really, you know, they improved so much defensively. And, um, yeah, for whatever reason, they just could not stop Baylor. And it was just, uh, uh it just went downhill and, and it went downhill quickly. And, um, but you know, as far as the, the rankings go, I mean, Baylor had three losses you know including um to the University of texas you know um so I don't think that they deserved to be ranked higher than they were. I think they were probably about right where they they needed to be mm-hmm. and, and Carolina on the other hand, i mean I thought they also were were seated pretty pretty well um you know they had two losses this year, and um they they you know they kind of were in the mix there at the very end, i mean. There's a lot of people that thought if they would have uh, been able to take care of Clemson in that in the ACC championship game, uh, that they would have uh, you know got a got a ticket to the Final Four there. But um, yeah, I thought that you know I thought they were um, ranked correctly going in, and I think you know again I just think it was a matchup for whatever reason um, they just had no answer for for that uh, that run game of Baylor, and um, it just it just got so ugly. I don't think it's really Indicative of the the type of season that, that Carolina had because I thought they had a great year and and they improved dramatically from from last year so yeah, that's, um that's a that's a tough yeah. tough way to end mm-hmm. the year
1: yeah well one thing they always say is is you know have a run game and keep keep running it and force them to stop you and if they can stop you then then you start passing but obviously obviously North North Carolina had no answer to their run game so in the meantime we're gonna yeah. take a break when we come back we're gonna talk a little bit more about college football we'll be right back.
0: Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel.
2: Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Chip Station for Sports. Voice America Sports.
1: And we have with us our, our co-host, Mark Slosson. Mark, how are you I'm today? I'm mean, I wonderful.
3: Wonderful.
1: Are great, yeah. So, you know, we've just been talking a little bit about college football, and uh, we have our guest, Yvonne Water, with us today. How, how are you doing, Yvonne? I'm doing
4: good. very well. Good,
1: good. So during during the break, we were talking a little bit about New, you know, New Year's Eve and such, and we know that there's some big games coming up tomorrow night. You know, that's the college football playoff preview and the first one I want to talk about is Clemson's one-man offense taking on a balanced Oklahoma team. And Oklahoma's favored to win. Uh, so, so, Yvonne, what do you think about that matchup?
4: I think Clemson has done really well lately. Um, they've got sort of a a good line, but it it doesn't have that amount of experience because they're all new. So I think that how that line plays is going to be pretty instrumental on whether they'll win or not and of course you know they have that great quarterback too that can lead a team but um you know there's there's a reason why they're i think 13 and oh is that right yep yes yeah so i mean you don't win 13 games by relying on all one person and so i think i think it'll be a really good game actually yeah, very true. Mark, before we, before we speak, we have a caller online. Caller?
1: You have a Hello? question? Hi. Hello. What, what's your question, caller? Hi. This is Debbie from Colorado. Hi, Debbie. I have a question. I'm wondering what te- two teams do you think will be in the Super Bowl this year? Ah. <laughs> so, Yvonne, Mark, what, what response do you guys have to that? <laughs> uh, uh, well, boy, I, that's a good question. Yeah, it's a hard <laughs> question, I know, because myself, I'm not sure either.
3: You know, uh, David, I tell you what—it's—it's—it's it's, kind of hard after this last week. Uh, I mean, the the league kind of just turned upside down. There was it was like a opposite day or bizarro day on the field in the NFL. It's really hard to to, to you know make a judgment after what happened uh, with all the all the upsets and everything from last week. I, I know that we had a caller call in last week asking us uh, who they thought was going to be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And my prediction was uh, Pittsburgh and Seattle, uh, and, and that doesn't look very good. Just this following week, uh, <laughs> especially that uh, Pittsburgh is is uh, definitely on the on the fringe of of not even making the playoffs, um, and then Seattle just kind of they were really disappointing too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think if you put it get into my head, I would say at this point I'd probably say New England and, and Seattle. Um, mm-hmm i don't you know there's not really a a a total dominant team that uh, i mean it seems like every team has a lot of flaws this year and kind of a unique season um there's not just a, some clear cut front runners um and I agree. Uh, so,
1: that's why I yeah. have a hard time not really known also
3: totally yeah it's it'll be interesting i think this next <laughs> upcoming week will will kind of determine a little bit as to you know kind of the playoff positioning you know if the uh you know depending on what happens with the broncos if the broncos uh you know play play well and and um end up getting a, a first round bye and um i mean they could be a, a team that uh that gets in i mean you know you look at Kansas City um we haven't really talked about them a whole lot but there's really no hotter team right now i mean they've won 9 in a row and yeah, they, they, uh, they, they you know, they haven't got a change since october what's that
1: they have, they have not lost a game since october
3: yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I mean, in, in a season like this, where I again, I mean, I guess you could argue that that Carolina has been dominant, and that's uh, that's a fair case I think to, to take. Um, but uh, you know, I don't think their schedule has been that overwhelming. I don't think you know if let's say Carolina went sixteen to zero this year, I don't think anybody would have just been oh wow, you know, it's it's theirs to theirs to lose. I mean, I think they've you know. They've been great, but I, I I think that had they gone 16 and 0, it probably would have been, you know, probably the worst 16 and 0 team in in NFL history um, right. uh, to, to make it that far. But I you know, again, it's wide I open. I, I I could see an the underdog team kind of taking it, like a Kansas City, you know, just the the Jets uh, between Jets and Pittsburgh, whoever gets in there. Both those teams are playing great, um, and, and you know, Cincinnati's banged up, so. Uh, it's it's wide open. It really is.
1: Well, thank
4: Yvonne. you. Oh, Yvonne, oh. do you have a response on to that that question? I'd just like to add one team to that, and that's the, the Cardinals. Seems like uh, they had a really good week this past week and just dominated. So, I mean, it's really all about what team can get hot and, you know, coaching plays a big factor into it as well. You know, you get a really good coach that knows how to prepare a team, you know, and to get them to site for an NFL playoff game and anything could happen. Very true. Well,
1: thank you. All right, Debbie, I appreciate thanks for calling. you taking my call and having the time to talk to me. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right, so let's get back. Um, uh, Yvonne, I know you responded to the 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 playoff uh, preview with Clemson and Oklahoma. Mark, what do you what do you think about that? About that you know what?
3: I, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a good game. I mean, I'm um, I was I was pretty surprised to see that OU was favored in this game. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. um, I mean, these two teams played last year uh, in the Champions Bowl. Clemson um, beat them forty to six, and that was with the backup quarterback. And now, obviously, they're they're two entirely different teams at this point. Um, you know. OU, you know, put together a new offensive scheme. Uh, they had a, a Lincoln Riley came in as their offensive coordinator, did an unbelievable job, and um, you know they're they're rolling. Um, but I, you know, I've kind of I've seen this happen with OU in years past, where they're just kind of like a juggernaut in the regular season, and then they get to the to the championship game, and they're favored, and everybody kind of thinks they're going to win, and uh, and it doesn't happen. Um, and I kind of think that's going to happen this year. I I really think that, I think Clemson's going to win. I think they're going to beat OU. Um, I'm not totally sold on, on Baker Mayfield, you know, the, the quarterback for OU. Mm -hmm. Um, he just, to me, he makes a lot of, uh, a lot of plays with his feet and he's very mobile and, uh, but I just, um. I don't know, I just think with the athletes that, that Clemson has, I think they're going to be able to corral him, keep him from getting outside, and I think they're they're going to kind of turn him into a pocket passer. Um, you know, they're going to load the box, too, and try to stop the run, because that's really been what's been the difference this year for OU, is um, their ability to run the ball. Um, but I don't know, for, for some reason, I just think uh, I can see Clemson uh, winning this one, and I really think they have the better quarterback. I think they have the better athlete. And, um, you know, I just, uh, like I said, I've seen this before with OU, where they just, um, you know, they, they kind of roll through the, particularly the end of the regular season, and then something something happens on the way to the, the championship, and they, they, they fall flat. And uh, uh, I think they're just, they're kind of, for the past, I don't know, 15 years or so ever since, Bob Stoops has been at OU. They've kind of been kind of like the bully of the of the Big Twelve. You know, they come in, and uh, it, it seems like some teams that face them just automatically chalk up the L when they show up. You know, it, it seems like Texas Tech can never beat them. Oklahoma State can never beat them for years. Texas would would just uh, get pummeled by them, mm-hmm. um, and it's just weird. I don't know what the what it is, but, uh, um, you know, they've, they've kind of run through the Big 12, and then, then they get to these championship-type games, and they, they don't do as well, so wow. that's what I expect to happen. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they pulled it off, but I, I really, I, I think Clemson's going to win, and uh, I think it's going to be a great game either way.
1: Yeah, for, for me, I, I feel that, you know, they both have very good, solid defenses, and I always say, defense is who wins the game, and it depends which defense is more dominant than the other, you know, because they both obviously have really good offensive teams. So, um, for me, I think it's it's whichever defense. Yeah, good comes point. So. Um, and i okay.
3: I know that you know, he has got a good good defensive line, and Eric Stryker mm-hmm. is. It seems like he's uh, he's played for like ten years, honestly. But um, he, uh, you know, he'll get in there, he'll get a few sacks. Um, but OU, I mean uh, Clemson, they've got a few All-Americans on their side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, and they just, like I said, I mean um, Sweeney has just been kind of a recruiting machine out there. I mean they've got talent. I mean they're fast and, and athletic, and uh, you know they really run around. and uh, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna give OU fits. Um, I can really see them kind of shutting down OU's offense and making them one-dimensional, making them, you know, uh, making Mayfield beat them with his arm and I, you know, um, Mayfield coming out of high school, he was a, he was a Texas kid. He was from Austin. And, you know, he, he didn't get a, a very many D one offers. Um, he had a few kind of just, um, not so uh, high profile schools that were interested in him. And, you know, I think it's just cause he was undersized, you know, he was a, he put up incredible numbers you know, in a high-profile place of of Austin, Texas. You know, right in the backyard of UT, and and you know, there's you know ten Division One schools and within you know a three-hour drive, and uh, none of them deemed him worthy of getting a a scholarship. And, and obviously, they were they were wrong in that regard. But I think it, it kind of lends to the fact that he is smallish. He's just he's a small guy, and um, I mean, he put up the numbers to 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 receive that scholarship. but the reason that people away was was because he was a little guy, and uh, I, I just think uh, a quarterback like that can only take you so far. And I think uh, I think Clemson wins it, but we'll see.
1: I think you're right. So you know what, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the other playoff game, and then we'll start talking about the NFL. So we'll be right back.
2: flagship station for sports Voice America Sports Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lassiter You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Chris Marwitz. I am your host today of Loving That Sports Talk. And we have, of course, our, our co-host,
1: Mark Lawson, how are you doing this afternoon, Mark? Uh, it's
3: a wonderful day. Uh, we've been outside. talking
1: football. We've been talking college ball. We've been answering questions. Again, anybody out there that's listening that would like to, to call in and say something or comment something that we're talking about or ask a question, please do so at 888-346-9144. We'd love to hear from you. So um, before we start talking about NFL, I just have one more thing to talk about with the college football playoff, and that's Alabama's dominant run attack Meeting the lucky team of Michigan State, uh, Mark. What do you think about that matchup?
3: Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Actually, I mean, I, I don't think either team uh, is going to be able to run the ball that well. I mean, I think that um, Michigan State is, is is going to obviously be selling out uh, to stop Derrick Henry in the run run attack, and uh, you know, force the quarterback to beat him. I. I I think that uh, Michigan State is the type of team that, that's equipped to kind of debattle with, with Alabama. Uh, I mean, they got some, they've got some horses in there. they got some big guys. And, you know, they're calling card. You know, D'Antonio's calling card is, is, is defense. And uh, that's what's made them kind of a – I mean, they've really been, you know, a top ten program here for the past five years or so. Um, and, and they've had some really big wins against some some great teams, you know, they've taken down Ohio State a few times, and uh, you know they've they've had their way with Michigan, and, and uh, they're they're used to the big stage. I mean, they've, they've played in a lot of big games, and I don't think that they're they're going to go in, you know, uh, intimidated or you know feeling like that they don't have a chance because I really do think they do have a chance, and I will tell you that I do think they have the edge in you know, that quarterback because I think. I think uh Connor Cook is, is better than you know, than Jake Coker and um I think they have a chance to, to hit some hit some uh some passes down the field and, and loosen things up a little bit and uh it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a battle. I really think that uh it's gonna go into the fourth quarter and, and I mean the way Michigan State seems to pull rabbits out of their hats, um I, I think that they have a chance to, to pull it off.
1: I'd love to see it. Yeah, well, Mark, you're making me almost watch the game tomorrow. (laughs) Yvonne,
4: do you have any comment to that? (laughs) Um, I actually disagree with him, actually. Um, I I think that the Alabama running game is so strong, and I think that they're going to be able to really establish that run game and open up some things for their past game that will make the difference. Um, I just think Alabama is such a good team, and with the coaching of Nick Saban, like I think that, given given him enough time to prepare for any one team, he's going to give his team a, a really good shot at executing and and pulling it out. So I I I think Alabama is going to actually take this game pretty handily.
1: Well, we're going to have to see uh, and talk about it next week to see what happens. So anyway, th- thanks for responding on that, guys. All right, so let's yeah. move into the NFL. Um, of course, one of the questions that some a caller asked about was Chip, Chip Kelly. He was the Philadelphia Eagles head coach. He was fired yesterday, after three years and posting a 26 and 21 record. Uh, basically, Kelly's you know his coaching methods were the tempo, the practice schedule, the sports schemes, and all these raised some eyebrows you know around the league. Um, he also this offseason traded quarterback Nick Foles and and running back. LaShawn McCoy. He acquired quarterback Sam Bradford and running back DeMarco Murray. Um you know, Chip, Chip Kelly had a contro had a lot of controversy during his three years, but do you think his personnel moves this off
4: season led to his firing? Yvonne. Um, I don't think that personnel moves are really that instrumental in in you know, who plays at Philadelphia. They just want people there that can compete and play. Um, you know, Chip Kelly runs a whole different style of football and if he can get his players in into the game and establish the tempo that they play at they're going to be very successful and I just don't think that he ever really had a chance to do that you know and 2026 20, and 21 really isn't a bad record in that area Well it, it it's not bad when you look at the first two
1: years cuz he had the uh, first two seasons were 10 and 6 each season this season he was 6 and 9 You know, and and so that kind of drew him down a bit, but, yeah. Anyway, Mark, what do you think?
3: Yeah, you know, um, I kind of was leaning towards Yvonne's um, point of view on the whole Chip Kelly situation, because I have a whole lot of respect for him, and I think that this system works for sure, and um, obviously, I mean, he had just a ridiculous amount of success in college, and But, I mean, you know, looking back, it's kind of like if you say it out loud, it doesn't, it's like, really? Uh, He got rid of, you know, Jeremy Macklin and uh, Sean Jackson and, um, you know, Nick Foles after he started off with, you know, that season where he was, what, 27 touchdowns and four interceptions. Um, So, do you think there is something there with the the personnel and bringing in um, Sam Bradford? I know we've talked about this before on the show, but. To me that was just kind of a head scratcher. I mean, a guy coming off, you know, Q A C L um who was really eh, I would say just, you know, above average as an NFL quarterback. Um I I, I do think that, that uh, some of the personnel decisions, you know, kind of bit him in the butt and I, I do um I think his system works and it could work, but I think you know, he may have just been a little overextended with um you know, assuming, you know, the GM duties and head coach, offensive coordinator, all the stuff that he had his hands in uh, and not, you know, not being able to just, just to, you know, throw the guys out there and, and uh, you know, teaching the system, I think he's kind of overthought it a little bit. And, um, you know, uh, he seems to have a, you know, a pretty, pretty good sized ego. And I think it's kind of, you know, his way or the highway type situation and, it seems like at first sign of, um, you know, just as an outside observer looking in, you know, it seems like if somebody is, is not on board with his plan and his system, you know, then he, you know, just, uh, trades them or, or, you know, uh, cuts them or whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, the NFL is just kind of a different animal, uh, than college. And, and it's, it's, I think, I don't think that's really, uh, the way to do it. And, um, you know, I think you have to compromise a little bit more in the NFL, and, and uh, you know, stroke stroke the egos of some of these guys, and and not just give up on them and, and trade them and, and cut them. So I don't know. It's a uh, it's a tough one. I you know, Yvonne, like I said, I have a, a crazy amount of respect for him because his system is, is amazing, and I mean, to, to take the, the Oregon Ducks. Uh, the way he did and, and just turned that into a powerhouse program. I mean, just uh, speaks to what a great coach he is. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what his uh, next move is.
1: Yeah, very true. So, so a follow-up to this. My follow-up question is, do you think Chip Kelly will land another NFL HUD coaching job, or should he head back to being a college coach? Mark?
3: Uh, I, think, I think he should head back to college, but I, I don't think that's um, what he wants to do. You know, I think, uh, like I said, you know, he's got a pretty – a pretty good size ego. And I think he's determined to, uh, prove that his system and, um, you know, I think he, he took it a, you know, pretty far in college and he almost won a BCS championship, probably, you know, borderline outplayed Auburn in that game, but they, they didn't get the, they didn't get the win. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's, he's willing to leave on this kind of sour note. Um, you know, there's been a lot of speculation and I think rightfully so that, that, you know, he might end up landing in, in, uh, Tennessee and get reunited with, with, uh, Mariota as his quarterback. And I, I'd like to see that, honestly. I think that'd be, it'd be fun to see, um, you know, somebody who's already completely bought in, knows his offense, uh, you know, frontwards and backwards. And, um, that, I think that'd be an, an unbelievable fit. I think it's going to happen. I really do. Um, but if I had to say, I think, you know, if he, if you ended up back in college, I think, uh, he he would, you know, leave off where he, where he left with, uh, uh, Oregon and he would just, uh, turn whatever program he inherited into, you know, a powerhouse too. So it'll be, uh, I, like I said, I think he lands in the NFL, but, uh, I'd love to see him back in the
4: college game personally. Mm
1: -hmm. Yvonne, do you have any response on that?
4: yeah i I agree um there's so many good points that you made in in that last little bit i I really would love to see the whole Tennessee thing happen but the the big thing to keep in mind here is that you have to have a management that that understands what Chip Kelly is trying to do and is willing to support him on that, otherwise you know you could have another flop like happened at Philadelphia, and you know he I think chip Kelly really wants to make his mark he like he built a powerhouse in oregon and they came they came close a couple times uh and didn't get a championship that way so you know i think that you find the right fit with him and the the management staff and he can he can turn a team around
1: yeah yeah that's true I, I, I do agree with what you're saying regarding you know where he's going and, and to go to Tennessee and, and get his old old high or old college quarterback you know, in, and, and do the program there. I think that would just be wonderful. So, um, in the meantime, we got to take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk more NFL. We'll be right back with you.
2: Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you, call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show.
1: This is your host, Chris Marwitz, and I'm with Loving That Sports Talk. And we have with us Mark Slauson. Right, so, Mark, we're almost to the to the tail end here.
3: <laughs> yeah we are we are we still have a lot of a lot of meat on this phone, there's a lot to talk about still' a NFL. lot of good stuff to talk about.
1: absolutely and Yvonne Water, you know you're still there with us, right? yeah, perfect, so guys, okay, so on Sunday, Sunday, uh, the new England New England and Jets game was tied at the end of regulation. you know there was a coin toss, and New England won, and they elected to let the Jets have the ball first. Uh, the Jets ended up scoring a touchdown and won the game. Was this a mistake on New England's part by taking the ball out of Brady's
4: hands, Yvonne? Well, I did a little bit of reading up on this. I didn't see the game. But from what I heard, Bill Belichick was trying to establish that they were going to defend a goal, uh, as in two sides. And instead of doing that, his captain elected to kick off, in which case he lost which side and thus the whole strategy was blown. But, I mean, I think just to have that strategy, as Bill Telichek, you've got to have tremendous confidence in your defense to, to give up the ball first and then, you know, make sure that you have to stop them before you can get the ball back. So, you know, that's, that's what I read into and was it a mistake? Um, everything looking at through hindsight can be labeled a mistake or not, but I, th- I thought it was an uh, interesting chain of events. Right, right. Mark, what do you think on that? Yeah, you know, um, i I've, you know that strategy
3: has uh, has worked before. You know, where you elect to, to kick it off and allow your defense to, you know, just try to stifle the other team and get the ball back, and then then you know then you're in a position to be able to kick a field goal to win the game. Um, I, I didn't I didn't really understand why he would do it in that particular instance. Uh, It didn't seem to be too crazy, and I actually watched the game, um, and and I actually fell asleep right before the uh, (laughs) overtime, probably enough. (laughs) Um, You got a nap, man, you know, every once in a while. But Mm -hmm. uh, um, just watching the game leading up to the OT, um, I uh, I didn't see that there was any, like, crazy wind conditions or anything like that. And and it just seems a little odd, you know, I mean, with – you know, the the, the wide outs that, that the Jets have, you know, Brandon Marshall and, and Eric Decker, I mean, they're really capable of kind of busting the big play at any time. And, and you know, to, to be put in that vulnerable situation of, of, you know, losing the game if the other team scores and, and not giving your offense the chance to, to to get on the field, I thought was kind of a – I didn't think that that was a good decision at all. And, um, you know, again, with Tom Brady, too, as your quarterback, you know, it's just uh, – it, I would much rather, you know, put the ball in the hands of Brady and say, hey, you know, go score us a touchdown, rather than, you know, tell my defense, hey, you know, prevent a touchdown. I don't know. It just, I thought it was a little weird, and I uh, thought maybe it was one of those instances where where Belichick kind of just outthought himself a little bit, but uh, and obviously it bit him in the in the butt. But uh, you know, uh, I think he, he probably would have. Um, you know, been panned as a genius. Had they been able to stop them, and you know, if New England went and kicked a kick the field goal. So who knows? And, and yeah, Ivan, I think you're right about that whole situation. I think the uh, going into that coin toss, the 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 goal was to defend a certain end of the field, and, and so I'm sure there was some kind of wind condition going on. Um, it wasn't really visible on the field, but um, uh, yeah. And, and once I guess once you choose to Kick off, then um, then the other team gets to, to choose which end they defend. So it was kind of a double whammy, and it just uh, obviously wasn't, uh, it didn't work out very well for New England.
1: Yeah, true. It was kind of a head scratcher to me, you know, as to why they elected to give it to, to the Jets. But, you know, who's to say? So, guys, um, on Sunday, there was a report that came out saying the Broncos quarterback, Peyton Manning, had received HGH a banned performance-enhancing drug by an Indianapolis anti-aging clinic back in 2011. Since the report's come out, there's been a lot of controversy over the accuracy of the report. Do you think the NFL should should investigate this? Yvonne? Yeah, I
4: think that it would merit some investigation. Um, you know, Peyton was in a hard time uh, at the time with a neck injury, and... I don't know if there's enough evidence for me to be convinced that you know he would be convicted of or implied in any such investigation. You know, he's obviously a great NFL quarterback, and you don't want to go out of the NFL with with something like that on your record. Um, but I, I heard that the the growth hormone was sent to like his second or third house. And I don't know if you're, if you're really taking that drug, it seems to me like you would require to have it a little bit closer to home. So, yeah, I, I just don't see it as, as happening. Um, But on the other hand, like I've also noticed that Peyton really hasn't said anything about it. And, And that's kind of the interesting thing to me when he, when he does come out and respond to the rumors, you know, what, what is he going to say about that,
1: Mark?
3: Yeah, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird deal. I mean, and I don't think at that time. And I correct me if I'm wrong or if you, if you guys know, but I don't think that HGH was actually a banned substance at that point in time. Um, 2011, I think, is when it occurred, and, and apparently that it wasn't even a banned substance on the NFL list. So I think it's kind of a non-story, really. Um, I, I can. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, uh, you know, uh, something like that. Um, I mean, I I mean, Peyton Manning makes twenty million dollars a year, and uh, you know, he's going through this crazy neck injury situation. I mean, uh, something like that, where you, you know, maybe read up on it and find out that there's a a substance out there that will get you back, uh, you know, to full health. Um, uh, You know, I, I can't. I wouldn't blame him if if he actually did that, but. You know he did he did make a statement and he came out and vehemently denied uh, usage of it and um, you know it, the whole thing with his wife is just kind of weird you know that it was under her name or whatever right. the case may right. be I don't know I I kind of see it as a bit of a non-story just because it, uh, of the time that's elapsed since uh, since this allegedly occurred and uh, again um, you know the fact that I don't think it was even legal at that point in time so. I'm sure there's going to be That's some more digging, and, and uh, you know we may never actually get a, a straight answer on the whole situation, but uh, um, it will be interesting to see what comes out of this.
1: Very true. We'll have to wait and see. So, yep. All right, guys, last question. Uh, before last week's games, Cam Newton was in lock for the MVP. However, with the Panthers losing, the door opened up to Tom Brady of the Patriots and Carson Palmer of the Cardinals. Who do you think should win it? Mark?
3: I think he's still got to give it to, to Newton. Um, I He's got one more game to, to play. I mean, if they somehow lose uh, their last game to Tampa Bay and, and he plays poorly, that might leave a, a bad taste in the voters' mouths. Um, and I can see that uh, kind of, uh, you know, leaving the door open for somebody like Carson Palmer. Um, but I don't think... Uh, uh, I, I don't think there's anybody that's had a better better season than than Cam Newton, and, and I I fully expect him to to win the MVP I think he'll, he'll bounce back and play well against uh, Tampa Bay, and, and uh, he'll he'll end up winning it.
1: Okay. Yvonne, what do you think?
4: I have to agree. Um, I think Cam Newton's had a monstrous season. He's been really instrumental in taking his team to 14 straight wins. Um, Brady. I don't know what kind of a season he's had. It, it ha- definitely hasn't been his strongest season, and uh, I don't know that much about Carson Palmer. So, by default, I'm going with Cam Newton. <laughs> I,
1: I kind of I kind of agree with both of you on that. I, I think Cam definitely deserves what 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 he got, but Carson Palmer's had a pretty amazing year. Um, the, the good thing for Cam, his defense has helped him out quite a quite a few times this year. But you know that's part of a team, and you know he deserves it. so well, you know this. This is the very, very last show of this year. Uh, we want everyone, all listeners out there, and as well as everyone here, to have a very prosperous new year. And uh, we'll be back with everybody next week. A brand new show starting in January, and uh, we hope everyone tunes in. So, Yvonne, thank you for coming on and 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 helping us today. And Mark, as always, love having you on. Awesome. Thanks Happy a lot. Happy New Year,
4: everybody. It was really fun. All right.